This week on Behind the Message, faith is a race. Does Paul still wear his short shorts? And do we really want the answer to that question? <laughs> 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 Hey church family, welcome to Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer without Daniel. We have Jeremy Bledsoe back with us this week on this gorgeous fall day. So welcome to fall with Behind the Message. Um, you guys are sending in great questions. We actually have a super one today. So send those in at btm at tcbchurch.org. Continue to send those in. We love getting those. All right, so in this week's message was phenomenal. We were in the book of Hebrews, um, Hebrews 11 and 12, um, which blew me away. So what got you from the message? Wow, so there was a lot of things that got me in the message, right? It's tough to just pick one. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to use two, okay. and I think they tie in together okay. really well. The first one is we run in community. That was one of the big ideas. We run in community. So as we live out the Christian life, as we pursue holiness, we do that together, right? And we do that as the body of Christ. Also, the second thing that got me as well is that we run with the encouragement and the example of faithful saints. Mm -hmm. Okay, we see that in Scripture, and, and Hebrews 11 really pulls that out, right? And Paul gave the example of, as we're running the race presently now, in that Colosseum in which we're running the race are the faithful saints of old mm -hmm. that Hebrews 11 talks about. Yeah. So it just made me think about, even though it is just difficult in my flesh to pursue holiness because of personal temptation, worldly temptation, whatever that is, that I can look back and there are brothers and sisters in Christ who ran, have ran mm -hmm. that race before me, yeah. right? Who will worship the Lord with me one day. And I, and I understand that I'm not alone. There's so many people that the Lord has used to run this race mm. with me and to cheer me on. Um, so that was just really convicting yeah. and comforting for me. Yeah, that was. And, and for me, it, it was two things as well. Um, the first thing was when Paul talked about um, laying aside every weight and encumbrance or every distraction that we have in just this pursuit of our walk with God um, that slows us down and that those things are not necessarily sins. They mm -hmm. can be good things, mm -hmm. but they're encumbrances and they, and they slow us down and they become hindrances to us. And that tied directly into the second thing that got me, which I did not appreciate. Oh, okay. um, I mean, it was just, it was a hard word to hear, which means it was a good word to hear. Um, but it was the thing that my family's greatest need for me is my holiness. Mm -hmm. um, that was extremely challenging to me this week, just to know that um, all the areas that I spin in, you know, mm -hmm. as, as a parent, yeah. all the things that you, I mean, we were just talking this morning, you know, getting the kids out the door and making sure, do they have gym this morning? Do they have, you know, whatever. Are they all, wearing shoes? Are they wearing shoes would be the first starting yes. point. But um, all those things that we do to keep our family well and fed and healthy, mm -hmm. but the greatest need that they have is my mm -hmm. personal holiness and my pursuit of the Lord. And um, that just really refocused my heart and my attention this morning. So it was a hard word, Paul, thank you. Um, but it was a it was a really needed word for me this week. So that was good. That was good. Absolutely. So what we're going to do next is uh, Paul is here with us, and he's going to get to come in and just kind of recap what he taught through. Go ahead. No, can we sing it? No. Can we sing it? <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. We'll be like, no, Palmer not. Billiard, come on down. That's what you got. Well, man, thanks for that introduction. I don't even know what to do yes, in light of that. Nothing to be done. Thank you so much. Mm. Uh, so this week, I got the privilege of diving into Hebrews, and, and there's so much in the book, and, and I only got to take really three verses on. And if you, if you watch the message, really, we just spent the majority of time in verse one. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to unpack that's there. 
but Hebrews 12 and Hebrews 11 really go along together. So really talking about faith, and, and the big truth this week is that faith is a race. And so in Hebrews 11, we get a definition of faith, and then all these examples of heroes of the faith. And they're not perfect examples, but they're the men and women of old in the Old Testament who continue to trust and hope in God despite their circumstances and hardships and God using them to perform miracles and others to suffer greatly, but all for the, the advancement of the cause of God. And they're all looking ahead to what we get to now celebrate in Jesus Christ. And so really the message, I was trying to bring out a couple things. One is, is the idea that faith is not just a decision that happens in our past, like at the point of conversion, or faith is not just a mental assent to Christianity or any other religion, but, but biblical faith is ongoing, it's active, it's obedient, it's progressing, it's much more like a race. So it's, it's not something that happened way back then, it's something that we're active in now. And, and faith is one of the, the mega themes of Scripture. Even in, in the Gospels, as you walk through, we, we did recently, Jesus teaching Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he talks all about faith, and in John, it uses the word believe, but it's all throughout the Gospel not just believe in a moment, but a continual act of believing, trusting, hoping in Jesus Christ. And so, talked about how faith and obedience are two sides of the same coin. Like, faith always leads to obedience, and obedience leads to greater faith. Like, we don't have faith apart from obedience. They always go together, which I think is really important for us. Um, and then spent the majority of the time walking through those first three verses in Hebrews 12, trying to answer the question, well, faith is a race, how do we run that race well? What does that look like? And, and thankfully, the author of Hebrew tells us. So, we run in community was one of the big ideas. So, you see the plural language throughout, the me's, the we's, the us, like he's speaking to the community of faith. And so, we aren't called to run this race alone. And that's a temptation for all of us, especially now during COVID, where we're called to socially distance and self-isolate. Uh, it's easy to, to fall into the trap of just trying to follow Jesus on our own. We've not been called to do that. So greater faith and obedience are spurred on by community. Uh, talked about how we run with the encouragement and example of the faithful saints. So he talks about us being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and kind of this picture that the witness of all the saints who've gone before spur us on. They provide encouragement and model and example to us so that we can run the race well. Um, we run laying aside every weight and sin, so that was uh, a fun part of the message to walk through, but just kind of trying to show the difference between weight and sin, that weights are good things that are in our lives, but they take too much of a part of our lives, they become a distraction to us. So what do we need to cut out that in and of itself may not be evil or sinful, but it's not helping us mm -hmm. pursue Jesus? I think a lot of us have things in our lives that need to go. Um, and also we lay aside every sin, so the sin of unbelief and just sin in general that's in our lives. So we set those things aside, we pursue holiness, we put those things to death. Another part of running the race is we run with endurance. So he says, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. So that idea of endurance is steadfastness, it's patience, it's pressing on, it's waiting with expectation, it's keeping going but not just in general, in the race that's been set before you. So the race that God has given you. So each of us have a race that we're called to run, and most of us don't really like the race we're on, I think, if we're going to be really honest. Like, we wish the circumstances in our life could change, 
But the reality is that if we're living and breathing right now, God has put us here for a reason and a purpose in our family and our job and our school. And so run with endurance there. Mm -hmm. And then the last big idea is we run gazing at Jesus. We look to Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame. He seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus is the one we look to. And, and even as our examples, he's in the garden saying, you know, not my will, but yours be done. He's trusting God with this race that he's been set on, the Father, and he's choosing to run with endurance, and we're called to do that. So Jesus is our hope and our joy, and if we're going to run the race of faith well, we have to look to him. So that was kind of big it was, picture. It was amazing. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, yeah. Truths of Scripture, very convicting. Um, now we move on to our section, Let's Talk About It. And there's... <laughs> you sound like a radio announcer, which is great. Right? It's just a very professional voice. Okay. Yeah. So show go up, or it's not show up. It'll sound really good on the podcast. It will sound Right, good. there you go. For the <laughs> podcast, it will. So, so let's talk about it. We actually have two questions for let's, let's talk about it. Two topics. Mm -hmm. okay. All right, so here's the first topic. Do you still wear your little short cross-country <laughs> shorts when you run today? I was afraid that was going to come up. I really I, wasn't. I mean, like the mental image I got when he was given that. I know. I had one of the, we had a life group last night, and one of the guys said, you know, I think he caused me to stumble a little bit <laughs> yesterday with, with that mental image. That was not the goal, so I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Yeah, so that's you the short answer. Up on your wall as a trophy no, I, you know, it's, it's honestly, they've probably been burned by now because that was a long time ago, but, right. but the terrible thing about running in any kind of high school sport in county is you have to turn the uniforms back in for oh. the next generation sure. to run, so... Anyways, so. That's a blessing to think about. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, that's the question. I want the yes. ones that say P. Mermillion written in the waistband. So moving on. Moving on to the next topic of let's talk about. Let's talk about the pursuit of personal holiness. What does that mean and how do we practically pursue holiness? Yeah, that's a great question. And we, wow. <laughs> we could take all day and try to unpack it. Um, it's honestly something that, that I'm, I've been over the last year trying to personally just study and grow deeper in my understanding. Yeah, I'm not an expert by any means, but I want to be more holy. Um, and I said yesterday in the message, I do think this is a major gap for us as the church in the United States and in our culture. Is just holiness in and of itself is not something that's really high on our priority list. But when you read scripture, you see that it's, it's a, again a mega theme of scripture. And as we went through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, the reason why it's a mega theme of Scripture is because God is holy. Mm -hmm. So before we can talk about practically how we pursue holiness, we have to recognize the reason it's even a thing is because this is who God is. Mm -hmm. It's his part of his character and his attributes. And so in the Old Testament, we had like the sanctuary and you couldn't go into the Holy of Holies and all these things were set up and blood and goats and sacrifice and you can't come near. If you do, you die and all this right. stuff. God set apartness, His holiness is on display. But holiness, even though it's an attribute of God, the reason why it's so important for us is because God is holy. If we are going to be in right relationship with Him, it's going to be through the pursuit of holiness. So holiness is a relational term. It's not just a command. It's a way we relate to God. And so if, if our desire is to abide deeply in God, well, He is holy, and so the only way to abide with Him is to be holy. So the good news is, is that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we become a Christian, positionally we are holy. 
you know, so you have passages uh, like Ephesians 1 and 1 Peter 2, you know, talk about how we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people mm -hmm. for his own possession. So in God's eyes, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are holy. And that's why we can have a relationship mm -hmm. with him. But practically, to your question, in the day-to-day -day living, we are trying to become practically who we are positionally. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to catch up yeah. to who we are are with God and that's the work of sanctification which is a fancy word for holiness it's becoming more like Christ and so practically what does that look like it, it looks like regular repentance so recognition of sin repentance of sin confession of sin turning to trusting in Christ it looks like resting in the Holy Spirit so the one who makes us holy practically is the Holy Spirit uh, the, the work of holiness is a work of conflict. So Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit, and they're at war with one another. So if you're going to pursue holiness, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's a constant dying. It's a constant tension mm -hmm. that's there. So expect there to be pain in the process. Mm -hmm. Like that, That's the sanctification work that's going on. Um, and I guess the last thing I said, you guys might have some other questions in it, but you know, in 1 Peter 1, Peter tells us that we are called to be holy like God is holy. But before that, he says, begin by setting your mind on things above or girding up the loins of your mind. And so the idea is that holiness begins in the mind. It begins with our thoughts. Like before it gets expressed in our desires or in our actions, the battle for holiness is right thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think where we go astray really quickly is we allow a lot of things in our mind that are less than holy. We let our thoughts and our desires get crowded out by things in us and around us. And so the pursuit of holiness really practically means setting our mind right, mm -hmm. keeping the media and things out that cause anxiety and fear, or temptation, lust, whatever those things are, greed, and filling our mind with the word, meditating, memorizing, praying, setting our mind right. So really practically, if you want to pursue holiness, it begins with setting your mind right, then aligning your life with God's word, then regular repentance and confession when those things are out of line. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking there's so many times in our lives where we're tempted to say, uh, well, like even after your message this, this weekend, there are some things I need to remove. There are some things I need to take out of my life. There are some things I need to unplug from. And that is absolutely true and absolutely the fact. But what, we fa what I fail on more times than I would like to admit is we remove things from our lives and from in front of our eyes but then we don't fill our mind That's with right. what we're supposed to fill yeah. our mind with. And our mind is, and our thought process is always dynamic. It's always involved. There's no stagnant staying still. So yeah. whenever something is removed, something has to replace it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I fail so many times. I think, oh, I don't need to, whatever it is, spend as much time doing this. And I'll remove that thing. But yet if I don't consciously then fill my mm -hmm. mind with mm -hmm. the things of God and with Scripture, I'm just leaving an, an empty space there again to be filled with the things of the world. And That's as we've right. said before, the world is always <clears throat> discipling us and throwing it things is. at us. So, um, yeah, that's a vital point of holiness. And it's really important to say that holiness is not legalism. Right. So it's not creating this standard of rules right. that I'm going to subject myself to and that makes me holy. Mm -hmm. 
but it's also not license. I can just do whatever I want because I'm saved by grace and, you know, God forgives me and I can move on. So it's trying to look at the perfect word and saying, what does it call me to? And I'll walk in obedience to those things, not creating a list of rules or standards that I have to earn or achieve in order to earn God's favor. But because I'm fully loved and fully accepted and fully adopted into his family, I long to be in right communion with God which is the pursuit of holiness. Yeah, and it's really a change of desire. It yeah, is. it's a change of desire. That's awesome. So what is really neat, I want you guys to, to speak to this as well. We had a great um, question come into our mailbox this mm-hmm. week. Ties right into all of this. And the, and the sweet lady who sent it in, I think was a little um, hesitant, and I'll read it to you, but I think was a little hesitant to share it because she felt like, well, it didn't really specifically apply to the message or, or to the sermon, but it really does. It really does. It yeah. really mm-hmm. does. So I wanted to go ahead and read this um, question to you, and we can just kind of talk about it. But it says, um, this question is actually not about the church sermon, but it really is. Um, I'm just seeking some wisdom and godly advice. I'm embarrassed by the situation, but I am truly seeking scriptural guidance. I struggle with eating. I am significantly overweight, and I unfortunately turn to food for comfort. It may seem trivial or silly to some, but I think it's a true spiritual battle for me individually. I will be researching for myself the topic of gluttony in the scriptures, but are there any specific books or other resources that you would recommend to help me on this journey? Thank you in advance. First of all, not a silly question. (laughs) An amazing question. An amazing question that really gets right to the heart of um, what you guys have been preaching through um, through the New Testament, which is the gospel transforms every area of our lives. And what I so love about this question is, first of all, just the honesty and the vulnerability mm-hmm. of it. I think that was incredible, um, the bravery and the courage to, to send that in, but also the fact that she recognized that this is a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a physical outworking, kind of like you were saying earlier, it's a physical outworking of a spiritual issue. And, you know, she says very plainly in here, she's turning to food for comfort and she recognizes that it is a spiritual battle that she's facing. So so the great thing about this question is it gets right to the heart of what uh, the guys have been preaching through in the New Testament, which is the gospel transforms every aspect of our lives. And this is a huge aspect of all of our lives. It's just our physical health. And, um, I love Romans 8, 11 that says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Um, God cares about our bodies. He, he cares about our spiritual lives, of course, but he created us body and spirit and, um, and he will redeem both body and spirit ultimately. So he cares about how we steward that. So I love this sweet lady's question because it shows she has a heart to follow God and to follow God's heart in this area. So I love that. Um, so nothing that we face is a purely physical battle. Um, and neither is overeating. And um, this is a huge issue for women. It is for men too, but um, for women especially and struggling with weight issues and all of that. So um, what I just wanted to encourage her with was this. On the spiritual battle front, um, Titus 2, which the guys uh, preached last week at our outdoor service, which was incredible. Titus 2 speaks to this in an amazing way. So on the spiritual front, here's a little scriptural truth um, that 
God used in my life in a big way in several different areas, but even in the area of health, um, where he says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, he starts with this whole litany of, of godly characteristics at the beginning of chapter 2 of how we should speak and how we should live. And then he says this in 2.11, Paul says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So the neat thing is, God, through his Holy Spirit and through the Word, instructs us in all things, mm -hmm. instructs us in how to live physically and how to care for our bodies. Um, so going to the Lord and to Scripture first in this area is the right approach, is the correct thing to do. That Scripture says to deny ungodly desires, to deny desires of the flesh, and to live in a self-controlled way. Um, and the Christian life, it, you know, you said one of the things that you don't think the Christian life um, there's not a lot said about is how American Christianity is not pursuing holiness as it should. Yeah. And I think a huge, this was just going off in my mind, I think a huge part of that is American Christianity is also not told as part of our, our pursuit of holiness, we're going to say no more than we say yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going we're gonna to say no to our cravings and to our desires, and, and we need to be teaching that to our children, that mm -hmm. there will be... Um, the majority of your cravings and desires, you will be saying no to for your for your life um, as a believer. But the flip side of that is, you, we need to say yes to a higher craving, to a higher desire, which That's is right. what we were just talking about. And and so even in the area of struggling with weight and struggling with health, of course there are things we're going to say no to. But simultaneously, there are things on the on the spiritual battlefront side that we should be saying yes to and and one of those things is just investing time and study in the word of god pouring scripture over you um reading studying all of those things and just really quickly and there's a lot i could say about that but to move from the the spiritual battlefront to even the physical battlefront there's a lot there as well and the first thing i would say is to get into community you know just like you said we are not meant to run this race alone and the right. battle that we face in areas of health um, in areas of struggle and weight and addiction whatever it is we're not meant to face that alone we are meant to walk in a community of a body of believers so that's the first thing i would say is um, make sure you're in a community for encouragement and for um, strengthening another thing just really practically i would say i almost as like a disclaimer, go to your doctor. I mean, consult a physician. There's probably a ton of different things if you're online or if you're reading books and programs and Dietitian. diet. Yeah, go to someone that can speak wisdom into your life medically, physically, would be a great physical starting point. Move every day, drink more water, get plenty of rest, all those things. And I'm not blowing off and saying, just do these things and you'll be fine. But those are some good starting places. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are great... Christ-centered resources and books and programs. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to put some of those um, on the notes for Behind the Message um, that they'll be available to you. Um, I'm, I kind of hesitate to just throw one or two out there, um, just to blanket throw one or two out there because I don't know personal situations or whatever. But um, there are some great godly resources um, that can come alongside time in the Word and time with accountability and with community. Um, to walk with this lady and with several other people, I'm sure, that are struggling with ex this exact issue. So the gospel transforms every area of our lives, and it transforms how we view our bodies, how we, mm -hmm. how we take care of our bodies. So um, I thought that question could not have been more perfect for what we were talking about today. Yeah, we recognize everything you said is right on. 
we all struggle with self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that, yes. that is a major battle, but that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. You go through the list, yeah. self-control. So, so one of the things that, that God, through the Holy Spirit, as we pursue holiness, is going to do is grow in us self-control. And we need to know what are the areas where we struggle with self-control. And we all have areas where we struggle with self-control. Not letting the flesh control our desires, but letting the Spirit control our desires. And so it's a universal problem. It's a heart issue that requires gospel transformation that gets fleshed out in all kinds of different areas. So whether it is eating or whether it is greed or possessions or lust or pornography or what, whatever those things are, uh, it, it is a heart issue mm -hmm. that we've got to deal with. But thankfully, like you said, Scripture does speak to it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, for all of us, and you, you might be watching this saying, well, that's not my issue. Well, let's take it to another degree. Yeah. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, and when you fast, yeah. <laughs> not if you fast, right. but the expectation is as Christians, we are going to be abstaining from food. Right. We're, we're not good. We're not yeah. good at denying our flesh yeah. right. to pursue Jesus through yeah. fasting. That's something we're just not good at. Mm -hmm. That's an area for me personally to grow. And we have all kinds of reasons why we say we can, or we, I'm not saying it's wrong to fast from phone or technology, but that's not what Jesus is specifically talking right. about. He's talking about when you fast. Yeah, he's saying food. from food, because <laughs> yeah. he knows that what we put in our bodies, our need for sustenance, uh -huh. is great. So if we can deny that need and our need for God to be greater, yeah. that is good for our soul. Yeah. So I think all of us have application mm -hmm. when it comes to food. Even one of Jesus' temptations. So Matthew four, yeah. Satan says, "Turn these rocks into bread," yep. and he says, "Man's not going to live by bread alone, but by the word right. of God." Right. So is our hunger for the Word, which you said, is it greater than our physical hunger? And I love how in 1 Corinthians 10.31, the Apostle Paul says, "In whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So he includes eating and drinking, and that comes out of the context of meat sacrificed to idols, but you have people abstaining from food or participating in food. And he's saying if your food causes you to worship God and is a means, it is a good thing. But if you're... If your food, your intake, your, your drink, it, it is a distraction to you or a brother and sister's worship of God, it has become an issue in your life. And so I appreciate the letter because she's saying, this has become an issue yeah. for me. It's a distraction from my faithfulness mm -hmm. to the Lord. And so, so many implications for this, but I'm thankful that you asked the question and you know, we'll be praying for you and I think for all of us mm -hmm. that we would grow in this area of denying ourselves, not to beat ourselves up, but denying ourselves so that we can pursue godliness. Yeah, it was, it was a great question. So thank you absolutely for sending that in. Um, can I speak to just one aspect yeah. of this too? Is we obviously do have a call to pursue holiness and uh, to take care of our bodies as well, right? Uh, with that being said too, obviously our culture, right, puts a stigma on how women should look. You know, from the time they're able to read or look through a magazine or pay attention to commercial, women are supposed to look a certain way according to our culture, mm -hmm. right? I don't know how significantly overweight this person is, but um, where by the grace of God, if the Lord um, just grows her to, you know, eat better, exercise, whatever that is, right, to where she's not overeating, let's say she even loses some weight, right? That being said, I just want to caution anybody to still continue to find their identity in Jesus. Your identity is not what culture says you should look like. And then even if you achieve what that is, mm -hmm. Your boast isn't in, look at me, I can now be on the cover of a magazine. Your boast is in Christ, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's just something that we, we need to address in this type of issue because our culture definitely leans a certain direction mm. in that. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And so it is stewarding 
stewarding the temple that we've been That's given, right. the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, That's right. Um, yeah, and it's not about a diet. It's about health and and glorifying God with what he's given us. That's good. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So we want to move into our next section, which is our family news section. And it's going to be a little bit different. Um, Usually during our family news portion, we'll do um, an announcement or um, have some other church staff that we can kind of talk to. And um, we're going to do something um, sweet. And it is very family. It is very much family news with us. And um, just two days ago, I guess, um, sweet uh, brother Charles Chandler, founding member of this church, uh, founder of this church, um, went home to be with his Lord, which is where he wanted to be beyond any other place on this earth. Um, This man left behind a precious wife, um, and she, Mike talked to Miss Nelda on the phone, and um, she is one of those ladies that if you spend time with her, you will know the impact that her husband had because of the sweetness that she exhibits. And she is a precious lady and she has not lost her husband. She knows exactly where he is. Mm-hmm. So um, they celebrated 65 years of marriage together, which was such an example. Um, faithfulness to this church body um, over 30 years probably of, of membership here at Tri-Cities. He was one of the el- original elders here at the church. Um, a teacher cannot... Um, cannot in any way describe every time I hear of Charles Chandler the image that comes to my mind because this man was a prayer warrior, Mm -hmm. um, probably like none I've known of currently, in that he prayed through um, phone books. I mean, he prayed through directories. He Mm -hmm. prayed through the entire membership list of our Mm -hmm. church. I don't know how many times um, over the 30 years um, that this church has been in existence. all the while loving, serving, mowing, <laughs> um, serving our people, um, loving on his sweet family, and he is just an amazing um, legacy to be honored as part of our, our family news here. And one of the sweet legacies that he left behind, and there are millions of them, is the Charles Chandler Scholarship Fund um, that is set up in his honor, now in his memory, um, but it was set up several years ago, um, and because. We really wanted to honor him as a man who has pursued um, study of the word of uh, the word of God, has held that as a priority. So the Charles Chandler Scholarship Fund was set up several years ago, um, and the gifts that are given to that are used to fund and sponsor um, some of our church members to go through. Um, our seminary training, our cohort training. So um, we have a video that we're going to show that just kind of tells a little bit more about the scholarship fund, and we'll show you a sweet glimpse into the life of Charles Chandler. So we honor him today. My name is Charles Chandler. This is my wife, Nelda. We've been married for 62 years, and we've been at Tri-Cities Baptist Church for 25 years. We need training. And, you know, it's up to the home primarily to do the training. But the home needs help, and they need to go where help can be obtained. I just knew that God was calling me to go to school. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity and trusting Him to use that training to help me be a better mom and a better wife and also uh, to help me be a better servant within the church. 
Your giving to the Charles Chandler Scholarship Fund enables pastors, teachers, leaders, and moms like me to go to seminary. Thank you. The cohort model equipped me to be a better resource, especially with our men's Bible study. And I just want to be equipped. I want to know more so that I can turn around and help other guys, my age, younger guys, just know, study, and fall in love with God's Word more. I'm grateful to have been a part of the leadership training program because it allowed me to study God's Word at a deeper level to know Him more, and it better equipped me in being able to lead others in worship. It's also prepared me to be able to take steps in church planning, which I will do next year in Denver, Colorado. This opportunity wouldn't have been possible without your prayers and financial giving. So thank you so much for giving to the scholarship fund. Just remember, whenever you contribute to the Charles Chandler Scholarship Fund, you're not only giving to people here at Tri-Cities Baptist Church, you're benefiting people at churches all over the Tri-Cities area and really helping out our entire community. I would say make a commitment to do everything you can to help that happen. So church, I just want to take a few minutes and just read and pray scripture over all of us. And we're going to do that straight out of Hebrews um, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that um, we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And so Lord, we do pray um, that with that encouragement, we can lay aside every encumbrance, the sin which so easily entangles us, Lord, and that we will run with endurance the race that is set before us. Mm -hmm. Father God, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Lord, you despise the shame. And Lord, you have sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord Jesus, we praise you for what you have accomplished, for who you are, and we celebrate what you do in us and through us. We love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.